getting them blessed so far? It's been a blessing. How many of you Bibles with you this morning? Would you open with me to the book of Romans in the New Testament in chapter number 6? And uh, this is the Christmas season. We love Christmas time, don't we? And of course, as adults, we look back and we have so many memories as children. And even uh, all through our stages of life, it's a very special time. And we have a special day still, so stay tuned. Mr. Corey Anderson got saved a few weeks ago. Amen. I wasn't here. My brother Market was preaching. And, uh, but I, I, I've given this story. Corey had been coming for several weeks, and I've been watching him. He's been very, he, he's tuned in. You know when someone's listening. You know when someone's paying attention. And I mean, he was paying attention, like hanging on every word while I was preaching. And then I was out of town, and actually I was sitting in a, a loft on the river that morning watching online, and uh, after the invitation, or during the invitation, I seen Corey get up and come down the aisle. And I want to tell you right now, I about had a shouting fit right there in that room. And uh, it didn't shock me, because I knew that he had been listening and paying attention, and I sure appreciate that. And I hope you'll do the very same. This is not kid stuff. What we're doing here is not kids' stuff. What we're doing here is really life and death stuff. It's the real deal. And uh, when we talk about a man's soul, a man's spirit, a man's life, a woman's life, a woman's soul, it's pretty important. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, you come with me to the hospitals. When their life has been reduced to a little room, and they know that their days are short, their hours are short, and I've never went into a room when someone is getting ready to pass that they're talking about all the things that they've owned in their life. I've never walked in the room when someone is getting ready to pass from this life and talk about their job. I've never heard them do it. I'm going to tell you what I've always heard them talk about. They are either concerned where they're going or they're glad they're going. Where they're going to spend eternity. And so that's what I want to talk to you about this morning for a few minutes. In Romans chapter 6, this verse stands alone. Verse 23. It stands alone. It is part of what we call the Roman road. It is a verse that we include in the Romans road. If we're going to try to talk to someone and show someone how to be saved, we include this verse. But I'm including it today and only going to preach on this one verse today because it stands alone and it's Christmas time. And you'll find in this verse the reason that I want to bring this message during the Christmas season, is it has a word in here that we're all familiar with during the Christmas season. Look at Romans chapter 6, verse 23. And would you read it with me as I read it out loud. The Bible says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now I don't want that to pass you too quickly. Don't misunderstand me, there's a lot in that verse. I I know we're living in a day where children are not encouraged to read. Many children cannot read. 
Uh, It's a sad day when we feel like our systems has failed us. We know there are certain types of reading, certain ways of reading that's proven. But we know that it's important that we learn how and we know how to read. Because in these words are very important. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. So if we cannot understand the Word of God, if we cannot hear the Word of God, we cannot understand. But I'm thankful this morning that we are able to read the Word of God and we all understand what a gift is. During the Christmas season, when we talk about a gift, a gift, and I looked it up, it's very simple, in Webster's Dictionary, 1828, here's how it's described, a present. It's anything given or bestowed without compensation or a donation. It's a gift. How many of you wake up on Christmas morning or maybe you open your gifts up on Christmas Eve? I do not know which. I always wish we would open them up on Christmas Eve. That wasn't allowed in our house. We had to wait till Christmas morning. My parents are sitting right over here. I told this fine couple behind to make sure they behave this morning. My mother and father, there was just certain things on Christmas morning that we did. It did not matter. We would wake up and we always read Luke chapter 2 before we opened one package and we could not open up any gift till Christmas day. Now she, my mother and father would let us open up, I take that back, one gift. They would let us open up one gift when we had our Christmas program at our church. The children's program, they would let us open up one gift. But then we had to open up all of our gifts on Christmas morning. Now, I never remember a time waking up and my mother and father having all of those gifts underneath the tree and saying, all right now, before you can enjoy and accept any of these gifts, you've got to go up and clean your room. All right, Mark and Kim, before you can open up one of these gifts, you have to give us half of what we spent to buy them. Do you understand that if they would have said that to us on Christmas morning, we would not have had one gift? Because a gift is something that you do not, it is given or bestowed and without compensation or a donation. I want you to notice, and here's the message this morning, then just what is the gift? Just what is the gift then that that we're here this morning and that I'm going to be speaking for the next, I don't know, 15 or 20 minutes? Just what is the gift? I mean, all of you have something. It's amazing today when you ask someone, what do you want for Christmas? It's amazing. Children today with iPhones or even cell phones, they can just send you their whole list. You know, back when I was a little boy, you had to wait on that Sears and Roebuck. Amen. Y'all know what I'm talking about. That big, thick Sears and Roebuck uh, magazine. How many of y'all know catalog? Y'all know what I'm talking about? I mean, you couldn't wait. And then you got an old marker or a pen, and you just circled that stuff. I mean, you circled that stuff. I mean, and you circled everything. Today, they just get on Amazon. They just make them a list. They say, hey, what do you want for Christmas, man? They just hit you on your phone with it, and you got 40 things, $2,000 worth of stuff. My, how things have changed, right? You know, and we might have got back in the day $200 worth, and that was a great Christmas. I'm telling you right now, you spend $200 today, y'all, you can buy a stocking stuffer. Somebody say amen. 
things have changed. We all know what a gift is. But just what is the gift? When we talk about Christmas gifts, the children are going over there this morning and they're going to be opening up gifts. Our church has purchased them for them. They have given it to them freely. Not one church member said to any of these children, all right now, you're going to have to take, you're going to get one of these gifts today, but here's what we want you to do for us. No, they are gifts. A gift is something you cannot work for, you cannot donate for, and you will not compensate for. The same is true with Jesus Christ and the gift. See, we live in a confused world. Everybody want to work. And by the way, we should. I, should, I shouldn't say that. That's an odd. Everybody don't want to work. I've never seen more help wanted signs in my life. But let me, let me make sure I clarify. It's funny. There's a lot of people that don't want to work and earn money. But it's a funny. We live in a society that feels like they have to work to be saved. They have to work. They have to do something to be saved. That's what religion is, by the way. We're not peddling any religion here today. Religion tells you, you must do something to get something. The Lord Jesus says, no, I want to give you a gift. And the gift is Jesus. He willingly came to this earth over 2,000 years ago. It is a historical fact. And he came to this earth and he robed himself in flesh. We know him to be Emmanuel, God with us. God robed himself in flesh. He hurt like me. He felt like me. He seemed like me. I don't understand it all. But the Lord Jesus Christ, 100% God, became man. Do you know why he became man? Because he wanted to give us a gift. Because see, in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve sinned. And when Adam and Eve sinned, the Bible says sin passed upon every man. You know why that's true? All of you have been born of a man and woman. And every one of you that's been born of a man and woman, you were born from sinners. And I know we all love our moms and dads, but they're all sinners by nature. They're sinners by choice. And because they're sinners, we were born by sinners we're sinners. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But here's what's amazing about that. When Adam and Eve sinned, they broke fellowship with God. God came down to speak to them and he knew that they had sinned. Their fellowship had been broken. And on that very day, he took innocent lives of animals to cover their sin They did not know they were naked because they were perfect. They had not sinned. But the moment they sinned, their eyes were open. They seen themselves for who they are. God seen them. And here's what's beautiful. God shed innocent blood to cover Adam and Eve. You know why he did that? Because he loved them. And see, that was a foreshadow of what he was going to do for us later. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, the Bible tells us that God said to Adam and Eve, that's the first promise of the gospel, when he said, I will, she shall, or he shall, her heel will be bruised, but he basically said Satan's head will be crushed when the Lord Jesus Christ comes to this earth. So over 2,000 years ago, the gift came. Born of a virgin, laid in a manger, lived a sinless life for 33 and a half years, was wrongfully tried, wrongfully accused, wrongfully put to death, hung on a cross between heaven and hell, 
gave his life, was put in a tomb. The stone was put over that tomb. And the seal of the most powerful empire of the then known world was put on that stone saying you better not touch it. And by the way, on that third day, Jesus didn't roll that stone out because he needed the stone out to get out. He rolled the stone away so everybody knew he wasn't in there. He broke the seal of the most powerful man of the then known world. He was showing his power a little bit. That's why he came. Because we're all guilty. We're all sinners. Notice what the Bible says. For the wages of sin is death. And I don't like that. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like that phrase. The wages of sin is death. Now you know what a wage is. If you work, you either get paid a wage, weekly or bi-weekly. That's what you deserve for whatever you have entered into a contract with your employer. They said, we're going to pay you a wage. That's what you deserve to do your work. But what is our wage? What do we deserve because we're a sinner? Well, the Bible says, for the wage of sin is death. And I don't like that. I don't like it at all. And it's not just talking about simply dying. Death. The Bible tells us that if the Lord tarries is coming, we're all going to die. The moment we started to breathe, we started to die. We get old, we die. We're going to die. But he's just not talking about death here in a physical sense that the wage of sin is death, although it includes that. What is he talking about here? For the wage of sin is death. That's worse. Now I know what I'm getting ready to say here is not popular. That's why a lot of preachers won't talk about it. But there is a real literal place called hell. And God calls it the place of second death. It is an eternal death. Where the worm dieth not where the fire is not quenched, where there is wailing and gnashing of teeth. The Bible also describes hell as a bottomless pit, one of the two of the things that human beings are scared of the most. Look it up. You can Google it. One is people do not like getting up in front of people and talking. That is a fear of mankind. But number two, you know what their greatest fear is? Mankind, summarized, falling From a high position. That's why these folks that pay perfectly good money to jump out of a good airplane is half crazy. Or these bungee jumpers are half crazy. If you're a bungee jumper, y'all need to get up here and get saved this morning. (laughs) Jumping off of a perfectly good cliff. But that's a fear of mankind jumping off. And the Bible says that hell is a bottomless pit. So I believe that in hell you'll you'll be falling and never hit bottom. You say, oh my goodness, pastor, a God that loves us, would he do something like that? No, listen, he doesn't put anybody in hell. That's why the gift came. That's why he took the time to come from heaven, robe himself in flesh, come to this earth, live 33 and a half years, and go to an old rugged cross, bleed and die there. You know why? Because he loved us. You know what he did on that cross? He purchased salvation for everybody. 
He bought the gift. Now He's saying, all that will receive it, just take it. Quit rejecting it. You can't work your way to heaven. You can't pay enough to get to heaven. Mr. Corey, and we've talked about this, you're going to get baptized today, but this water has no power in it. It's just tap. It's not holy. I've not prayed over it. And even if I prayed over it, it still ain't holy. It's water. So why does someone, well, pastor, you're a Baptist. Yes, we're Baptists. What does that mean, pastor? Well, that means after someone gets saved, after they receive the gift, then out of obedience to our Lord's command and wanting to identify with the Lord Jesus Christ, we want to follow the Lord in baptism. Do you know why? And I'm going to share this. Corey knows this already. I've already talked to him about it. We, we baptize no young person without making sure they understand what it means. But this water is going to cross Corey's body like the cross cross Jesus Christ's body. The Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross. He gave up the ghost. If you remember, the Passover was coming, so the men had to die quickly. There were two thieves beside the Lord Jesus. And so before before the time, they had to hurry up the death. So what they would do is they would break the legs of the ones hanging on the cross. And what they would die from was suffocation. Because while they were on the cross, the way the Romans, they had that thing in an ark. They knew to hang people on a cross. They had to lift themselves up to breathe. The two thieves were still alive. So the Bible tells us that the Roman soldiers broke their legs. They can no longer lift themselves up to breathe. So they suffocated on the cross. But here's what's amazing. Jesus was already dead. You know why he was already dead? Because the Bible already told that there would not be one bone of his body broken. He already gave up the ghost. So when they come to take Jesus off the cross, they didn't have to break his leg because he was already dead. Now what they did, they prepared his body and they put him in a tomb for three days. But praise God, on that third day, he come up out of there. And so when I baptize somebody, that cross crosses their body like the Lord Jesus, the cross crosses their body, I lower them in the water like Jesus was put in a tomb. But praise God, I've never, I've never drowned nobody. You know why? I bring them up out of there. And Corey, you're going to have to help me. You're going to have to get way over here on this side. Because you tall. He gonna have, I'm going to tell him a whisper over there. Corey, you help me get you up. I'm just fair warning you. Help me get you up. You get them legs going. Because I don't want to be down in that water with you. I don't want my waders to fill up. Amen. But I ain't going to leave him in there. Is dad here today? God bless you. Amen. I spoke to him on the phone. Corey was so excited he wanted to get baptized. Man, he just put me on the phone with his dad last Sunday. So we're talking right here on the phone. That's excitement. I think everybody that gets saved ought to get excited to get baptized. But I'm not going to drown you, Corey. You're going to have to help me. But I'm going to bring you up out of there. And the reason I'm going to bring him up out of there, now listen to me, because Jesus Christ did not stay in the tomb. He come up out of there. 
So baptism is a picture of what Jesus did for us. Has nothing to do with washing any sin away. Jesus does that. So let's look at it. For the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is what? Simple. Eternal life. Y'all know how long that lasts? Forever. We're from West Virginia. I'm a hillbilly. And we use hillbilly talk there. Some of y'all are hillbillies. Some of you come off of Sand Mountain, y'all a bunch of Ewans. And some of you right here in Lookout Valley, y'all act like y'all are all sophisticated and everything, but y'all are still hillbillies. I mean, anybody that eats fried okra, got a little bit of hillbilly in them. And if y'all like brown beans, you're real hillbillies. Amen? And some of y'all out there going, what in the world's brown beans? Those are pintos. But if you're from West Virginia, you're going to call them right there, brown beans and cornbread. And I'm trying to get this church converted on that. They're doing pretty good. But when I say I talk hillbilly, um, you say, Pastor, how long does eternity last? That's a fair bit. Y'all know what that means? That's forever. You got it forever. What's this gift? It's simple. It's eternal life. It's forever living with him in heaven. I don't know about y'all. That's a pretty good gift, isn't it? This gift is free like all other gifts. What is the gift? It's simple. It's eternal life. Y'all want it? I couldn't imagine. There was a time that I enjoyed eating. I still enjoy eating, but I don't enjoy eating like I used to because I can't taste and smell. But I used to love to go to buffets. Do you know why? Because, man, you go to them buffets, get your, you know, get your belt loosened up. I mean, we've been kicked out of a couple of them all-you-can-eat crab buffets or one of them crab leg buffets. You know, they tell you that it's all-you-can-eat. Well, my dad and I was very, very politely asked to leave one night. <laughs> Maybe we overdid it. <laughs> I mean, you know, but I mean, that they're going to advertise it. Hey, all-you-can-eat crab. All right, legs, man, we're in. I mean, Dad and I was popping them things, juice flying everywhere, plate after plate. Finally, my, our family got so embarrassed, like, we're going to go to another place. We'll, y'all just, when you get done, let us know. I mean, we got plates heaped up. I mean, crab legs everywhere. About that time, man, here comes those little waitresses. They walk over there, and they just very politely grab our plates, our silverware, and everything. I'm like, all right, Dad, we're done. <laughs> but what if I took you to an all-you-can-eat buffet and... You walked in there with me and said, all right, now I'm going to take care of your meal. Or let's just say that, and this has happened a lot, uh, I'm sitting there and I don't know there's anybody else in there or something. And a waitress will come up to me and say, Pastor Brandon, once you know your meal has been taken care of, I was like, well, by who? Well, somebody wanted to take it for you. You know what they just did? They gave me a gift. Now, I've never got up and said, I'm telling you right now, I demand to pay for this meal. I demand it. I want to know who did it. Their money is no good. And I want to pay again for this meal. Y'all think I'm crazy. Well, that's how crazy somebody is when they think they can pay for their salvation. Because Jesus Christ has already done it. 
Just accept the gift. Just accept the gift. The gift is a person. It's not a religion. Christianity is not a religion. It is a relationship with the Lord Jesus. And he walks with me and he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there. None other has ever known. That ain't religion. In the night, my darkest nights, you know who's with me? Jesus. I know the church knows this. I had a rough couple months. But he sustained me through them all. You know why? Because he's real. He's not some religion. A bunch of do's and don'ts that we have to do and don't know. The Bible says, for the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Do you know him? If you do not know him, I beg with you, I plead with you this morning, accept the gift. Accept Jesus Christ. He is the door. He is the way to heaven. If you miss him, you miss it all. For the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Who purchased the gift? Jesus did. You must receive the gift. Can I ask you this morning? If you've never received that gift, don't reject it. It's for you. It's yours. Jesus Christ died for you. He raised from the dead for you. He wants you to have everlasting life. And when you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, you receive the gift. I hope and pray you know him this morning. With head bowed and eyes closed this morning, can I just ask a couple of questions? Mr. Corey, I'm going to have you come up here to the front. Brother Chris, you're going to come with him. Corey, if you want to come right on up here. But while he's coming, I want you to bow your head, close your eyes. I want you to um, honestly... Go ahead and fill that out, and I'm going to let you get up. Um, I want you to honestly just think... Examine your life. Examine your heart. When you talk about a gift, do you know that you have received this gift? You've not worked for it. You've not tried to earn it. You've just simply trusted Christ. You have received it, what Christ has done for you on the cross. Can I ask this question this morning? How many of you are thankful this morning that you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior? And as a testimony... You're not ashamed. Would you just lift up your hands and say, I thank God I know Jesus Christ as my Savior. That's a blessing. That is a blessing. Can I ask this? If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor Mark, I couldn't raise my hand. Well, you know why. That's between you and the Lord. But I'm going to ask you this. If you do not know for sure that Jesus Christ is your Savior, I would ask you this morning, would you accept the gift that he gives? 
I don't normally do this, but I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you. If you believe that's you and you say, Pastor Mark, I don't know for sure if I die, I'm going to heaven. And I've listened to everything that's said and there is something in my heart beating, telling me that I need to trust Jesus Christ as my Savior. I'm going to ask you right where you sit, would you call upon the Lord from your heart and by faith ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sin And you trust Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You can call from your heart. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Can I even help a little bit? You're not praying to me, but I can even help you pray. (laughs) You could say something like this from your heart Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. Lord, I know that the wages of my sin is death, but Lord, I'm asking you to save me from my sins. And I'm trusting you with all my heart. I'm believing that you died and raised from the dead to save me and to give me salvation. And I'm asking you to save me. That's faith. That's faith. Can I ask a question with every head bowed and every eye closed? You say, Pastor Mark, that's me. I prayed that prayer this morning. I want you to pray for me. Would you be honest? No one's looking. Would you slip your hand up and you say, Pastor, I prayed that. I, I, I want to make sure that I've accepted the gift. Is there anyone like that this morning? Anyone at all? Let's stand to our feet. We'll be dismissed. But before we do that, we want to watch Mr. Corey get baptized. Mr. Corey, this is Mr. Corey Anderson. And, uh, Corey, do you know that the Lord Jesus Christ died to save you? And you trusted him as your personal Savior? That's a blessing. Would you like to say anything else? Are you? Come on up. (laughs) I would like to thank everybody in this church for giving me an opportunity to come here and welcome me. And I'd also like to thank my dad in the back for letting me come to this church. And I am honored to baptize this guy. And I'm going to tell you right now, he's one of the easiest people to preach to, so you better stay here. Some of y'all are tough preaching to because y'all are like. But man, he is locked. He's hanging on every word. You know why? Because he wants to grow. And so let's get him back there. Is Corey back there? Uh, Corey going back there. There's another Corey back there helping him and getting him dressed. Now listen, this is not going to take long. I'm going to cheat. I put waiters on. The longest one will be Corey getting dressed. He'll get dressed quickly. But let's stay around. Let's be an encouragement to him. Brother Don's going to come up, lead us in a song. We'll be out no longer than in 10 minutes. All right.